Welcome to the Not Last Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Neil Nunez. Today's format will be a little bit different because I'm coming to you from my hotel room on my fourth day of quarantine in Santiago, Chile. Thanks for tuning in. I've got a lot to share. Let's get to it. Delicioso. Welcome, everyone. Thanks. You're going to join me for coffee and cookies as I talk to you about all of the updates that have been happening in my life and the big changes that have happened um, these last uh, two months. So uh, I am right now in Santiago, Chile. Um, We got notification that the national championships were happening. Uh, about three weeks ago, and uh, 30 minutes after they posted that on Facebook, I booked tickets to Chile and made arrangements to come down here. Um, I initially didn't think that the championships were going to happen, but um, turns out that the timing works out okay. So my wrist is healed. I um, <laughs> I have a part-time job and um, a couple of job interviews lined up after, or actually. Uh, Day after tomorrow, I have some job interviews lined up, so things are looking up on the job front, and um, I am just, uh, I feel like I've turned the corner. So, uh, I am here, I am in Chile, this was a rush trip to try and pack everything and get it all going and get the the COVID testing done and everything. Um, Boy, it's been a whirlwind, like three, or I guess the last four or five weeks have just been out of control. So sorry for not posting sooner, but um, as I'm sure you understand, life happens, and uh, lately there's been a lot of life happening. So I have so much, I don't know where to start. So championships posted, I booked tickets, um, thankfully, and thank you to everyone who supported me in this. Um, I I haven't touched any of my GoFundMe campaign, and I have saved a lot of miles to fly on, so I was able to use that to book my tickets and book my travel and my trip here. So it was fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support um, and your encouragement and your monetary support. Um, I do still have the GoFundMe page up and running, and I'll continue to have that up and running if you'd like to contribute. Um, That's always so very much appreciated and very humbling to have your support throughout all of this process. I am um, just, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little overwhelmed with all of the, the support from everybody. So this has been fantastic, and I'm very grateful for, for everything. I'll tell you at the beginning here, um, I have three more cookies to eat and um, half of a cup of a double espresso to drink. Um, the internet is not great, so I don't know how much bandwidth I will have to edit and repost. So this is going to be a very raw podcast with lots of hums and haws and very little editing. Um, but there you have it. That's <laughs> What you see with me is what you get. Um, I've been brushing up on my Spanish to get down here and... Um, it's been, you know, all these forms and everything. I've, I have a, a mandatory 10-day quarantine to do um, as I enter Chile. So I have five days of that that I can do. I have to do in a hotel room, and then I have to take a negative. I have to have a COVID test, which I took yesterday. They came up to my room, um, and, uh, and that came out negative, of course. Um, and then I can go down to my sister's and stay with her and my niece for the second five days of my quarantine, and then I'll be allowed to travel um, around the country and go to my final destination, um, 
in Puerto Montt. So I flew from Eugene to Dallas, Dallas to Santiago. I will fly from Santiago to Concepcion, and then Concepcion will take um, Paula's car and drive down to Puerto Montt. So uh, total distance away from Eugene is about um, 8,700 miles um, south. So I am I am way far away. <laughs> this is a, this is very very odd. Um, you know, you see all these all these things about you know these inspirational messages and these little videos. I posted some on my Instagram page the other day about like you know uh, what was it? It was if if you knew that if you looked back ten years from now and saw your life exactly the same. Um, yeah, if you look back 10 years from now and saw your life exactly the same, you would be upset and disappointed with how you're living. So what's stopping you? And <laughs> I guess nothing. So um, yeah, here I am. <laughs> Took the step um, or the big leap, I guess. Um, it's it's a big leap to get down here. So um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's a little emotional, that's for sure. <laughs> chokes me up a little bit but um it's like this is the first big step to try and pursue this goal and yeah i should drink more coffee oh it's so good the espresso here is really good it's very much like a european espresso but yeah it's like this is the the first big step i feel to trying to pursue this like lifetime goal and if all goes well which i'm hoping it will um then everything will be will be grand but if it doesn't then i know i know what i need to do and i'll recoup and make make decisions from there um before i left for chile um i was talking with my well my i guess now my previous coach um and the whole time I was, I was going through my broken wrist and all that stuff. I, excuse me. I, um, I know you want to hear the sound of my my runny nose, and my watery eyes, and me drinking coffee as you're listening to this. So, <laughs> enjoy. Um, but before I, uh, well, okay, let me back up. I broke my wrist, and I had. Um, I wasn't doing much training, but I was able to, I wanted to do training. I wanted to stay fit and not lose too much fitness. So I kept messaging my coach and being like, hey, I can do stuff. I could, you know, go for walks. And I started doing some trail running and some hiking and some, you know, and some stuff like that. And I could do some strength work. And like, I had very, very little communication from him. And um, so I kept messaging him. And then I finally, like, he was just ghosting me. So I, I went to his boss um, and was like, hey, I haven't heard anything from this guy. Like, can I, you know, can we get something going on here? And so then he, I had like a week of, of a training plan and then he ghosted me again. And this went on for, you know, three, for almost a month. So almost almost four, maybe five weeks. I finally wrote him a letter and CC'd his boss on it and was like, like, what's going on? You know, we've had, I've been working with this guy for about a year um, and things have been pretty good up until like March. And then he like dropped off the radar and communication just kind of fell apart. But um, that being said, he still enjoyed taking my money um, every month to, to have me pay for his coaching services. And these were things like I felt as an athlete and an athlete to coach relationship. These were within the normal parameters of what an athlete would ask. And I'm asking for 
training plans. I'm asking for feedback from how my sessions are going and how things are looking. I'm asking for like race tactics and how to pace um, you know, the time trial so I can try and PR. And so like normal things that I feel an athlete would ask a coach and a coach would reciprocate with a response and give some, some guidance and things, i.e. coaching. This is the service that I pay for. And he gave me none of that. And we got to the first race, my first TT of the season. Um, not my first race ever, but um, my first TT of the season. And it's a local time trial, but you know, I, I had a goal where I wanted to PR for this this series and try and go faster on the course. But um, so I email him and I'm like, hey, what you know, what kind of kind of warm up routine can I get? And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get you a warm up routine, warm up routine, no big deal. Um, morning of the race, nothing. Email him again, nothing. So I finally go back to my old coach, um, who I very much respect and have have a lot of um, admiration for, Dylan Caldwell. Um, he's been great, um, and I pulled up one of his old warm-ups that he gave me, which I've used for a number of years, and used that. And it's like, I just, I was so frustrated at that point. Like, that was my tipping point with that coach. And so I wrote him a very long email identifying each and everything that I would ask for and I would get no response or I would I would ask open questions and get zero response or just be completely ignored. So it like, yeah, it was just, it was so frustrating and I was so... I was feeling like the relationship was toxic because I resented any communication that he gave to me. So I explained that to him and I was like, what, like, I'm looking for advice from you. Like, what can we do to improve communication? I'm willing to work with you. And his response was, looks like this relationship has soured. We haven't done right by you. We're finished. And he just, he dropped me. And I was so like taken back from that to think that he, it was like the, almost the extent of like, I'm not breaking, like, you're not breaking up with me, I'm breaking up with you kind of attitude. And so then I was, I mean, I'm kind of lost. Like, I didn't really know what to what to do with my training. I felt pretty gutted from having been dropped from my coach. Um, and so I started to poke around and started to talk to some some other pros that I'm familiar with and, and have a relationship with and <clears throat> got put in touch with, with a new coaching group. Um, and I was, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. However, um, I've been, you know, they've, they've established really good communication. They're constantly talking to me and asking me questions and giving me guidance and feedback um, on a daily basis. And we have weekly talks and it's like normal things that I would expect a coach and athlete relationship to be. Um, like I've been doing this for a while. This is my 16th year of racing. And granted, I'm, you know, I'm on the periphery of trying to be a, a you know, a semi-pro or pro cyclist, but like, I, I know, I know when the workouts are being redundant. I know when, when a coach isn't paying attention to me anymore. And I'm very much the athlete who's the type of rider who can like, you put the workout in front of me and I will follow it and give you feedback. I'm like a follow the bouncing ball kind of rider. I'm not really good with the analysis. I'm in tune with my body enough to know if I can or can't hit the session or how to adapt from there. But like to track long-term fitness and do that, I, a, a coach is what is what fills in the gap and that's what I need. And so I wasn't getting that. So um, he ended the relationship, which I guess was great, I guess, I don't know. Um, and But I think the blessing in disguise is that I found these new guys um, with Epic Coaching and I have now a team of people who 
write programs for me, give me feedback, give me ideas. We've been talking about bike fit and how to be more aerodynamic on the TT bike because one of this guy's... Um, one of the sports scientists is also a TT specialist, and like it's been, it's been great. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm not ready to jump in with, you know, jump in with both feet yet. I'd say I'm like wading up to my knees, and then we'll see, you know, kind of how things go after the national championships. Um, but that's that's the deal. Um, it's been it's been a very tumultuous time lately, and I. Um, yeah, it's just like to be dropped from your coach when you're trying to plan for these races and just about to start your season, even though it's a delayed season, is, is like it's just gutting. It's really, really difficult. Um, and it put me in like this downward spiral of like stress and anxiety. And um, and it was just it, w- it was out of control. Like I would go days on end where I'd just go ride and I really wouldn't even remember the ride I would do. I wouldn't even know where I was going. I would just like noodle around for a bit and then come home. Um, it was just, it was, I put so much faith in my coach, um, for better or for worse. That's kind of how I operate. And it was just like to have the bottom fall out from that was, was so terrible, so difficult. But now that I'm with a new coach, um, I'm excited that, um, that Mark and Ben can, um, can get me to where I need to be and can look at my plan. And it seemed to be very, um, equally objective and subjective in their coaching styles and things, which is which is fantastic. So I'm excited to to work with these these new people, and um, and they're UK based, uh, so it's so it's great. There's no language barrier. There's just a time difference, but that's fine. So okay, that's aside. Um, I have a new coach. Moving forward, um, I've been. Um, yeah, busy with Trilot Operations, doing some of the media and promotion with them, and working with with that nonprofit, which I, I love to death. Um, they're a huge part of our life, and it's been fun to to promote the time trial series. And then um, I had to drop my duties while I'm traveling here, and thankfully Clara picked up the the duties. Clara is our race director and, and CEO of, of Trilot Operations. It's her it's her nonprofit. Um, and I just chair the board, but um, do a lot of the media stuff for her as well. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm sad that I had to drop those duties. I don't like taking things off my plate or admitting when I can't fulfill my obligations, but it's only temporary. And then when I get back, um, I, will, I will resume um, publication and, and promotion of that. But that's another thing that's been taking up a lot of time. Lauren does all the registration and tabulates the, the start lists and, and everything. And um, I've been, yeah, kind of consumed with that. Um, we had a really nasty heat wave uh, not too long ago um, during the Olympic trials. Lauren was busy with the Olympic trials, and, and we got some, some tickets on a really hot day, but we got to go see some of the finals at the Olympic trials with some of our uh, really close friends, with Marissa and Will, um, who we just love to death. And, uh, yeah, so... That's been great. It's been really nice to have the ability to connect with friends and to see friends and to to hug friends. Um, <laughs> it's funny with you know now that we're all vaccinated and everything. It's it's been weird to um, it's been weird but very satisfying to like. Not, not, I'm not going around and hugging everybody. Let me <laughs> let me be clear by that. But um, it's been uh, it's been very nice to be able to you know give a good long hug to your friends. Um, so that's, that's great. 
yeah, I didn't know how much I missed that. But um, what else? What else? What else? It's just like there's there's so much going on in my head right now that I uh, I have to <laughs> to process it one thing at a time. I should have scripted this out. So sorry if this is a little ad hoc. Um, but my um, my my next step from here is is preparation for the for the national championships. So I'll be in Chile for because of the ten day quarantine. Um, I arrived here on on the I I left Eugene on the eighth of July. I arrived on the 9th. It was twenty seven hours of travel time total. Um, Five and a half hours of that was spent standing in line in the Santiago airport getting processed and they're doing contact tracing for everybody and, and making sure all my insurance forms and my, my travel forms and documents are correct. Um, so I was exhausted. It's only a three-hour time difference, so it's like um, going West Coast to East Coast time. But, um, boy, it really took it out of me. The last couple of sessions on the trainer, I brought a trainer with me and I brought both a road bike and a TT bike and um, been getting some sessions in in the hotel room, and um, yeah, it's been it's been tough. It's been really hard sessions. I have I I wasn't able to finish the first two. Like I just fell apart completely because I was so exhausted from travel. And the other thing in the hotel room is that um, there's really bad ventilation. So like you just get. Um, uh, you just get hot and you just sit in a puddle of sweat and you can't get the, the sweat off of you. There's no evaporative cooling. So you're just like, my heart rate was, you know, 20 beats, 20 beats per minute higher than, than it should have been or 10, 15 to 20 beats per, per minute higher than it should have been. And um, it just makes for a brutal workout. Um, so I'm hopeful that once I get down to to Concepcion that I'll be on, on Paula's uh, property and be at her house and I can train outside or put a fan up or anything. But um, one of the strangest things for me right now is one, I have no sense of time. Like it's either light out or dark out, but like I have a big window. I am literally across the street from the airport and um, I, I, it doesn't open or anything. So it's just a big window to look at the, I'm, I'm in front of uh, Los Embarques Internacionales or International Departures. Um, terminal and I just see buses and people coming and going and motorcycles and I've been watching people with dogs and that's been nice but to see dogs but um, yeah so I've been I have like no sense of time my circadian rhythm is way off I've been staying up super late but I've also been waking up early because I've been sleeping pretty well um, thankfully I've got a, a big king size bed that's very soft with really nice pillows um, but uh, yeah so it's <clears throat> It was, uh, you know, 90 to 100 degrees in Eugene when I left, and um, they are in, and the, and the days are long in, in Eugene right now, you know, because we're in summer, so it's been, um, it's, you know, it's dark, it's light until, you know, almost 9 o'clock, but here it's, um, it's light at 8, and it gets dark around 4.30 or 5, because they're in winter, and this morning it was 28 degrees, and again, I'm in a hotel room, so I don't really have a sense of, of the temperature either because I'm in a climate-controlled room. But um, yeah, so like it's it's short days in wintertime here. Um, and so to pack for that was really bizarre to be in. Like I'm sweating in the house in, in shorts and a, and a T-shirt and trying to figure out what winter clothes do I bring. I had to bring out all my totes of, of winter kit to like try and suss everything out. 
um, that was another part was was the the luggage. So I brought with me two bikes in hard case boxes, a check bag, a carry on bag, and a personal item, so a small backpack. And it's way more than I can carry on my own, so I have to move everything with a trolley. And um, it's uh, yeah, it's so much stuff. Um, but to travel like this and to do you know a road race and a time trial, you, it's you know. Uh, it just it's a lot of stuff to bring and you have to bring it there's kind of no option and I, I packed really light too so thankfully all my luggage was was right at the weight limit I weighed it and weighed it and weighed it and um, yeah it was didn't have to pay oversized baggage I just paid extra baggage fees so it saved me about a hundred bucks in, in baggage fees which was nice uh, one way I'll have to pay that I'm sure I'll have to pay that at some point on the way back but that's okay um, I expected it so um, I will be here from yeah. I, I arrived on the uh, on the ninth of of July, and I will be here until August first. Um, the racing is in Puerto Montt, in the um, very very far south of Chile. And um, if you want to follow it, it's not going to be live streamed. Um, it I doubt it will be live streamed. Um, there is the associate Association Ciclismo de Puerto Montt. Um, they have a Facebook page that you can join or you can follow, and they'll post results there. Um, the um, Chilean Cycling Federation website and Facebook and Instagram will also post stuff. I doubt they'll be live streaming the event, um, but uh, they they should have results up there, and you can follow that. I'll put that in the show notes. And then you can find, uh, I'll make a post here once I'm down in Puerto Montt to talk about um, how to follow the race and, and how to see what's going on and, and, and track along with me. So, um, yeah, that's that's that. Um, getting excited. It's only one more day in quarantine and then I'll hop on a plane to, to go down to Concepcion um, and stay with Paula and Olivia. But... Um, yeah, a couple of hiccups along the way. I, um, <laughs> my, my, my good friend, my close friend Jeff loaned me his... I wasn't able to bring any books because I was so tight on space and so um, close on weight that um, I, I didn't bring any books with me. And um, my, my close friend Jeff loaned me his Nintendo DS or his Nintendo 2DS, a, a Nintendo system. And he put, um, he put Zelda, the Ocarina of Time on there. So I've been playing that a lot, which has been um, fun and a good way to pass the time. However, I played it so much on the airplane that um, I ran the battery out, and I realized that I brought an adapter with me, um, a converter, um, to plug in, because they run 220 volt here in Chile, whereas in the U.S. we run um, 120 or 140. Um, And um, yeah, so I... I plug it in and um, the charger doesn't work. And I'm like, oh no, did I break his, did I break his Nintendo? Like what's going on? And so I, I did a little online research and realized that the charger in the US cycles at a different rate than the chargers here in Chile. So it's Saturday morning and I'm, I'm messaging on WhatsApp all of the video game stores in Chile trying to find somebody who has a Nintendo 2DS charger that is willing to deliver it to my hotel room. And so um, finally I found someone here who was willing to do it and the charger was like $4, but um, 
the the delivery rate was like 15 and i was like well i i have to have it like i don't i don't have a choice otherwise i just have a dead game boy um so i i paid for it and delivered it i'm so i'm not allowed to leave my room at all for any reason um short of like an emergency or a fire or something so food is brought to my door three times a day i can order room service so i can order coffee and um, i ordered fries the other night which was really nice but yeah, I, I cannot leave my room. So anything has to be delivered that's delivered to my room has to go to the front desk and then they will bring it up to me and they'll leave it at the door. Um, so like my, my meal is three times a day. They knock and leave it at the door and then I grab it and then I eat it. It's, it's in a, a paper bag and then I put the bag outside the door and they collect it later. Um, so it's very bizarre to just be kind of cooped up in this like small studio apartment kind of thing for, for five days. Uh, I'm not going crazy yet. Things haven't gotten too weird, but um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's been it's been interesting. So um, yeah, so I, I found the the charger and they brought it up and um, they he wouldn't accept a credit card and I couldn't send cash down to the lobby, so I had to call my sister to have her do an electronic bank transfer. They everyone uses a bank transfer here as their like primary form of payment. Um, so either bank transfer or cash. And so um, I had my sister do the bank transfer to the guy in Santiago so he could deliver it um, to my room. And yeah, so kind of a, uh, a mess, but we got that figured out. That was great. So now I have Ocarina or Zelda, the Ocarina of Time to play. And I'm I'm not near as, as good at it as I should be. I'm not much of a video game player, but it's been it's been fun to do the little missions. And, and it's not very violent, and that's nice too. I like games that aren't too violent. Um, and then I've been talking with my team, uh, Rankawa bike. Um, a lot of them are, they're in the O'Higgins region, which is just outside of Santiago, the outside of the Santiago metropolitan region. And so, um, they, they were having a birthday party for, for Titi, for another teammate of theirs and a friend of theirs. And, um, they, uh, they video chatted with me and invited me to the, uh, be part of the conversation and part of the party for a few minutes, which was really nice. Made my day. Um, and uh, and then they sent me, Sebastian sent me the new team kit, um, which is just gorgeous. I really, like this new kit is really awesome. So I got a, um, I ordered a skin suit or a speed suit and a um, pair of or a bibs and a jersey from them. Um, cause I have, I have a lot of kit already, but this will be my race day only kit. Um, which will be, yeah, which is really cool. I put up a video on, um, uh, I'm now on TikTok, but I don't really use it that much other than for video editing. Um, but I put it up on my Instagram page, um, and you can see the new kit. It's gorgeous. It really is nice. And I saved it to my highlight reels too. So you can see it on the 2021 highlight reel, um, on my Instagram page, on my athlete page. So if you want to check that out, that's a cool, cool thing. And I'm really excited to race in the new kit. So I'll do the road race in the new kit. Um, on my time trial, I have a custom made no pin skin suit um, and it's last year's colors, but I'm going to race that in the time trial because it's, it's a really fast skin suit and I'm going to try and not leave anything to chance. So um, yeah, as far as the race goes, what I do know is um, I got maps of the course so the time trial is relatively flat. I'm going to have to figure out what gear ratio I want to run, but I brought some different chain rings and see if I can't run run one of the two chain ring options that I brought. Um, but it's a 10K, um, uh, 10K strip of road 
um, and we do it four times, so out and back and out and back, um, which would be great. So it's a 40-kilometer time trial, which is kind of the gold standard distance for time trialing. And then, um, uh, yeah, and so, so it'll be good for time checks to know if I'm on pace or not. Um, I'll talk with my coach later. We were going to talk about pacing once I get a chance to go recon the course and see what it looks like. Um, and then I can upload a file for what, what the course terrain looks like and everything for him so we can analyze that pretty well. And then, um, yeah, so that should be great. I booked an Airbnb, um, a little house or a little, yeah, a small little house um, that's like two kilometers away from, from the race course. So then I can, I can go recon the course and, and ride there and then ride back, which would be great. Um, and then the road race is a 150 kilometer out and back road race. Um, it looks fairly rolly, um, but I don't see any big climbs, so that could be nice. Um, so it's it's 150 kilometers or 90. It's going to be 93 miles, um, which which should be fine. I'm not too worried about that um, as far as the distance goes. So I'm going to recon once I get to Puerto Montt. I'll recon part of the kind of the last I don't know handful of miles of the course, maybe the last 20 miles of the course, and see what that looks like. Um, and then uh, probably drive the rest of the course to in the car to to just see everything and make sure that it all all looks good and kind of inspect some cor- some sections and see if there's any any good places to identify some some good tactics and some good options. So um, yeah, that's that's the plan for or the tentative plan for racing. My um, I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> To say I'm nervous, that uh, that's an understatement. I'm I'm very nervous. I'm very anxious about this, but um, I'm excited to have support with um, with Paula and Olivia. Um, that that is huge for me um, to have to have some family there, to have my sister and, and my niece come to the race with me. They're going to come down for the the whole time I'm there. Um, the time trial is first on the schedule, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then I have a rest day, and then I do the road race the next day. So I'll have I'll have a good chunk of time, which means that for the time trial, I can just like I can empty the tank and go uh, pretty much as deep as I want to. Um, that's the the race that I'm really focusing on and and, and want to try and try and um, well I'll, okay I want to try and win this thing. There's no question. I'm not traveling. I didn't travel all this way for nothing, and I didn't travel all this way to just contest it. I want to win the time trial, and I want to walk away with a national title. So that's my goal. I'll be clear and open and honest about that to tell you. Like, I want to walk away with two titles, with the road race and the time trial title. Um, the road race is kind of a crapshoot, and I know that. I know what my strengths are, and once we figure out the, the road or the terrain and the tactics I can play, um, then I will I will have a good opportunity to contest the win for the road race. I think, but what I can control is um, is me and how deep I'm willing to go in the time trial. And let me tell you, I am willing to bury the hatchet for this thing. So, um, yeah, I'm. That's what I'm trying to go for. And I know, uh, like, yeah. If this goes well, here's here's the. <clears throat> Um, the tentative progression of, of races and qualifying events for this towards the Olympic Games in, in Paris in 2024. So if this works, here, this is the plan. Um, uh, Chilean national time trial champion and hopefully the Chilean national road race champion holder will get selected um, to compete in the continental American 
um, championships in September in El Salvador. If that goes well, then I will um, have an opportunity to be selected for the Pan American Games in Santiago in 2023. Um, and if that goes well, then it would be a, a qualifying event for the Paris Games in 2024. So that, like, fingers crossed, that is the progression. Um, that is, like, the, the most direct path to, to being able to go to the Paris Games. So I'm hopeful that that will be um, on the table. And if not, then we'll regroup and, and figure it out. But I'm, I'm holding tight to this, this idea and this, um, this potential route because it is, quite honestly, the path of least resistance. And um, we, we all like the path of least resistance, that's for sure. <sighs> yeah. Okay, I have a finish, officially finished my espresso, so thanks for joining me for that. Uh, maybe I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep this relatively short because, again, I don't know what, what the bandwidth is to be able to upload this, so... Um, we're just about, we're just a little over half an hour. So, um, sorry if the audio quality is bad, um, but, um, uh, it's, it's what I got right now. So I'm just excited to be able to share with you and document this process. And I'm very excited that you're tuning in for this. So even though my, my lack of frequency, you know, I know I initially planned for this to be a weekly podcast, but it's been, um, life has been busy and uh, it's been hard to establish a normal routine again, um, for a while, so hopefully we'll get back to that. Um, but I will try and post and do some more posting and podcasting while I am here in Chile. So kind of keep you updated with what's going on and how training is going and everything. Um, meanwhile, check in with my Instagram feed and my stories. It's it's much quicker to, for me to post um, and uses less bandwidth to post you know a, a thirty second story than it does to do a you know a forty five minute podcast. But um, Nonetheless, I will try and, and do some posting, uh, some podcasting, some more podcasting while I'm here. Um, yeah, that's been, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, I am, I am, un, <laughs> how do I say this? Uh, <clears throat> I am uncomfortable. <laughs> I am anxious. I am nervous. I am excited. Um, I am overwhelmed, but it's uh, it's very exciting to be here and to feel like I'm I'm taking taking a step. Like there's been <clears throat> excuse me, there's been um, a lot of support. There's been some negativity, um, but it's weird how like you could have you know. A hundred people tell you, like, cheer you on and, and tell you you're doing great and really wish you the best success. And then you get, like, one person or some offhand snide comment or, like, um, or or something like that that, like, just sits with you. And, and maybe that's just part of my own personality where, like, I... I, I take those and I internalize it, but I can, but I could disregard all of the other comments of support and, and things. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited 
and and optimistic. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I feel like there's all these things going on, and I'm like holding them in my hands very loosely. Because if I squeeze too tight, they're gonna slip through my fingers. So like I'm I'm trying to very carefully hold on to all these all these things and all this support and all this momentum. Um, but that's not to say that there's not some negativity here, and that's not to say that there's not some uh, um, yeah some some negative thoughts. But I'm trying really hard, and and it's a lot of effort to to try and push these thoughts out. And, and not focus on them. Um, and there's there's a lot to prove. I think that's that's another big part of it and partially why it's it's very emotional for me um, <clears throat> is because I have uh, yeah, because I have a lot to prove to this for this. Um, this has been more than three years in the making to try and try and get here and do this. And like, for for better or for worse, I um, I have hung my self worth on this race, and I am I am emotionally and physically willing to do whatever it takes. Obviously, I'm not going to cheat, but like <laughs> to be to be an honest athlete, I'm absolutely an honest athlete. But um, the I yeah I've I've most definitely hung my self worth. On this event, and and have defined myself as a hopeful, as an Olympic hopeful, and as a hopeful to try and win a national um, title. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't allowed myself the thought of what if it doesn't happen, because I'll deal with the fallout from that afterwards. Because all I can focus on right now is how do I get there, and. Um, yeah, and there's been some some scoffs at that and that approach. There's been some some people trying to talk me out of this and trying to to you know uh, have me think about other things and have me focus on you know whatever happens happens kind of thing. And it's like yes, that's true, but um, you what they don't understand is that um, is the the amount of internal pressure. Wow, um, the amount of internal pressure that I put on myself um, that um, that I want to do this for um, for me, <laughs> yeah, for me, and um, yeah, that's um, unless you've had, I feel like, and I was talking to some some friends who. Um, who have been um, Olympians in the past, and and it's like unless you've had this, uh, what's the word? This uh, all-consuming—it's not a word; it's a phrase. <laughs> this all-consuming thought of like I have to do this. Like every fiber of your being says, like I want this. It's it's a Sometimes it's a low buzz. Sometimes it's like in the front, <clears throat> in the front of your mind, the entire time, um, or all day long. But like it never leaves your your realm of consciousness of like, I have to do this. 
I have to try this. I have to prove to myself that I can do this, that I can win this, that I can compete at this, that I can go to the Olympics. Like, and, and it's like, unless you've had that, like, just everlasting and unyielding desire to want to do something like that, like, you can't express it. Um, yeah. Like, you, you, you can't understand it. Whew. So, that's, that's why I'm here. I've taken that step. Um, and it's terrifying, but exciting at the same time. So, the emotions, they, they well up hard, and then, and then they go away. And then they well up hard again, and then they go away. Um, so this is me at my <laughs> my most open, but yeah, yeah. There you have it. So I am going to round this podcast out with um, saying some uh, some thank yous again because I feel like I started with this with some thank yous and I'll end this with some thank yous. So. Um, thank you for this is like <laughs> this is like thank you notes from um, oh god not Stephen Colbert what's the other guy Jimmy Fallon this is these are thank you notes from like um, from Jimmy Fallon so thank you um, to all my sponsors and and um, and brands that I that I can put my name behind and um, and have supported me and encouraged me along the way uh, thank you to my my team Rankawa who's been uh, so crazy supportive and has helped me throughout this whole process to get me here and get me on the start list and get me signed up and um, I, I wish I could see them I'm hopeful that I can see them on this trip but otherwise I I, I will come back and and we will ride um, thank you <laughs> to all my um, uh, friends and family and acquaintances and um, yeah, everyone following along and watching and listening and and checking in and um, yeah, so thank you. <laughs> and um, who else? Uh, oh, <laughs> no shit. So um, overall, thank you to my amazing wife. <laughs> um, duh, yeah. Um, Lauren is fantastic. She is my rock, um, and she has supported me throughout all of this, and it's a huge sacrifice. For her and for me, and I'm so grateful. Um, And then um, thank you to our close friends. Thank you to Rob. Thank you to uh, Jeff and Rachel and Nate and um, Will and to Marissa um, for all your care and support and everyone in Eugene and everyone in my in my family, but in my in my close knit circle of friends. Thank you. Um, it's been it's been great to have you here, and um, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I didn't expect this 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 level of emotion to come out, but um, here you have it. So you can hear me 
wallowing away. But if you've lasted this long, it's 43 minutes. We'll wrap this up. So um, that's me. I'm your host, uh, Andrew Neil Nunez. And I will post again shortly um, once I get down into Puerto Montt, or maybe I'll, I'll try and do one when I'm in Concepcion and then another one when I'm in Puerto Montt, and hopefully a third one after the race. I'll definitely give you a recap after the race. So that's me for now. Um, in <laughs> all my flaws, for better, for worse. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned, follow along, and... Um, I will update you shortly. Thanks for listening to the Not Last podcast. Normally there's some outro music, but due to bandwidth constraints, I don't have the ability to upload the outro music. So, it's the eye of the tiger. This has been the Not Last Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Neil Nunez. Okay, there you go. Ta-da!